0: Hey guys, welcome to the challenge podcast. I'm coach Steve
1: and I'm coach Nick, and we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and the challenge.
0: Let's get on with the show. What's up guys, coach Steve here. And welcome back to another episode of the challenge weekly show. In today's episode, I'm joined with our co-host coach Nick. Nick, how are we doing today?
1: I'm really well. Thanks coach Steve and yourself.
0: I'm well, I'm surviving. Uh, I want to start off by making an apology. Nick, an apology, last week for Coach's Corner, I called Coach's Corner episode number 11 and we currently have two episode number 11s, it should be episode number 12, so this week we're going to have episode number 13, so technically we're going to skip number 12, even though it is number 12, but in the recording I said episode number 11, so I- Did anyone
1: pick you up on that? Uh, I don't know,
0: Uh, I haven't found anything online yet, Um, but I think my baby brain is starting to get to me, Coach Nick. Um, so if I start talking in gibberish, it's because I'm teaching my boy how to talk and I might be losing my articulate language, Nick, but, uh, moving on. That's we right. are in week 10 of the challenge exciting times, like always just a few more weeks until we finish up the, the 12 weeks of the February challenge. And gosh, just flies by so quickly.
1: Yeah. So good. Wow. Week 10 is a great week.
0: It's always a great week. Uh Nick, tell me. Tell me about your training. What's news?
1: Um what is news with my training? Just same old, same old. <laughs> nothing exciting. Just just a bit of this and a bit of that. Um it's yeah, it's all it's all going very well. I'm um very sore, but that's okay. That happens sometimes. Um yeah, nothing to nothing to see here. <laughs>
0: Just just getting the work getting the work done. Right? Yeah,
1: it's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, nothing nothing super exciting, but um everything's coming together quite well for no, me.
0: I love that. And I think that really highlights the long-term view that we slowly need to take on when we move from that, you know, intermediate to advanced to, you know, beyond advanced trainee. You've been training for a long time. You can't expect uh, you know, day to day, week to week, uh, mind-boggling transformations. You know, jaw-dropping. Wow, look, look at this transformation from last week to this week. It is a little bit of a slow grind. Sometimes it can feel very, um, for lack of a better term, Nick, boring. Right? You know, you're just kind of going through the motions. The program that you're following might not be um, super unique or Instagram-worthy. Right? It's not like you're doing really fancy exercises or anything. You know, off the beaten path. It's just simple work, get in, uh, get a great stimulus, get out, you know. And I think when we change that, make that transition mentally from, oh, my God, like I'm seeing week to week, month to month, you know, challenge to challenge transformations to, gosh, if I see a small change over the next 12 months, that I'll be celebrating that. And that's when we get into the real tail end of it
1: yeah definitely it's that longevity I think and um not 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 really to get excited about the good or the bad just sort of keep it in the middle I think um uh, that's probably the best way to put it because you don't want to overly stress about the bad and I think also when it comes to the good you want to do a little celebration but you also got to move on because tomorrow is going to come and you got to do the same thing over and over
0: oh yeah no I I totally feel Mm -hmm. that and um you know, right now my, my my youngest boy is going through a bit of a, a growth spurt or a leap or whatever you want to want to call it. So, you know, sleep has been very uh, hard to come by lately. And then um, my eldest, you know, he's a year and a half now, and he's just starting to show those uh, signs of the, the, the quote, terrible twos. So it's been very fun during the days. Now what that means is that when I go to train, I'm, I'm training in my garage, I've just been dealing with screaming kids at me and a lack of sleep. So some days, it's a real struggle, Nick. Some days, you know, I look at my program and these are numbers that I, I should be able to lift. And I go to squat or do a deadlift or do a bench press. And it's just really goddamn hard on that one particular day, right? The next day I go in and it's it's, it's easier, right? And the next day it's hard again. And then the next day it's, it's okay. And if I beat myself up every time that a session that should be achievable is uh, unexpectedly hard or difficult, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be doing this for very long because I would be constantly thinking, gosh, like, you know, I'm not good enough for this. I'm going backwards. I'm not not improving. And it's about moving forward. It's about saying, okay, this session wasn't the best because of whatever reason. You could point your finger at it and say, oh, yeah, it's my son's fault because he kept me up last night. Or just say, yep, it just wasn't, wasn't my session and that's okay. It depends on how you want to look at it. I would say that you don't start pointing the fingers at, at external things, you know, maybe take it internally saying, Okay, maybe I could have gotten some better sleep in the times that I could have slept. Right. Um, or maybe I could have been more patient when my uh, son was having a meltdown rather than stressing with him. That led me to be fatigued for my session because I was just so ramped wrapped up in stress. So, you know, taking it internally going, okay, we've done our session. It was tough, tougher than expected we weren't able to do a PB or we weren't able to do anything magical. That's okay. I've got to move on to my next session. I can't uh, hold on to it too long. Right.
1: Mm, Definitely. That's, that's what I think is really important because not every day is it going to be fantastic today. I rocked up, I had deadlifts on my program. And I thought, oh, I really don't want to do this today. I just don't want to. And then I warmed into it and it was actually all okay. But it's also not something that I'm going to chuck up on the gram and go, wow, you know, everybody. It's like, wow, okay, cool. I'm where I need to be. Now let's move on with the rest of the day. Yeah. School holidays. Um, kids need to be at different locations um, at exact times.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I'm now the taxi woman.
0: Coach Nick, the taxi driver. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah, Nick. Let's move on to this podcast. We'll move on to our next segment here. We have the community highlights. We're going to highlight some members of our community. And first, you know, there aren't um a, a, a lot of um uh, engagement online right now, Nick. I think many individuals are you know just working into their program, uh, getting getting the work done. Um, and maybe um hiding some of their transformations and getting ready to to show them as we move into week 11 and week 12. So we have a couple of community highlights. Nick, I know you want to highlight a few people. So uh, take us away.
1: Yeah, by the way, smart move people that are keeping it under wraps now. That's cool. But um, Sarah Pepper, she says in the Weekly Wins, I wore jeans that I couldn't even get over my hips at the beginning of the challenge. Didn't just wear them locally, but flew interstate in them. So she wore them on a plane as well. Wow. Oof. So... Sarah, that's, that's epic to be able to sit on a plane with jeans that you couldn't even get over your hips previously. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm wow. dead. Wow.
0: Uh, what would See? be like What would be like the shortest plane ride commercially in Australia? Maybe like from Melbourne to Dubbo, oh, Or yeah. uh, just across the, the ocean? I think it's just an up-down, maybe like mm-hmm. an hour or so. I think anything like, you know, more than an hour sitting in jeans that used to be tight on you, you're probably feeling it. And if they're comfortable enough to fly, whew, Sarah kicking goals,
1: Sarah, stop it. That's so cool. Well done. So now we've got Candice Eberl and in that's in the weekly wins. And she says, I achieved my goal of a 10 kilo weight loss. Well, that's pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I like it short, sweet to the point and gosh, you achieved her goal. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, no. Now you have just got to keep going in terms of and reassess where you want to be because you need to set a new goal ASAP. I don't mean to be a pain in the ass coach, but you know, when we set a goal, we achieve a goal. We need to quickly reset another one. Just saying.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, just as a a short anecdote, um, I completed the Melbourne marathon in 2018, Nick, Mm -hmm. and that was the day that I retired from running
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) because I had no running goals to continue with. You know, Mm -hmm. my goal for, what was it like 12 weeks uh, and that's not to toot my own horn, but you know, it was a very short uh, prep period for this marathon for that 12 weeks. I was just so invested in everything to do with running, how to get better at running, how to manage running injuries and running stress, running fatigue, make you run more for everything to do with running. I was just obsessed with it, Nick. And my goal was to run the marathon. And once it was done, I ticked that box and said, yeah, well, I've done, I've done the marathon thing. And I generally haven't, had the urge to run since you know yeah okay i run down the driveway or whatever but i've never gone for like i'm gonna go run for a a 5k now so um i think as soon as you achieve that goal it's very easy to hang up the boots and walk away from it and it's important to to review and reflect on your journey and then reassess what the next part is so candace congratulations but also you've got work to do yeah love it Nick, I've got a couple I'd like to highlight this week. So the first one goes out to Rochelle Endicott and Rochelle writes in the hashtag self-care Saturday post. After a week of having a sick household, this weekend's agenda was fun! Exclamation mark. Out for brekkie, catching up with the closest friends for lake walk and coffee and going to the Knights put up a mighty show, uh, all good for the soul. Uh, I'm a happy girl this Sunday afternoon, energized for a new week. Time to meal prep now. So lots of things happening with Rochelle. I'm glad to see that you're overcoming a, a sickness or a bout of being unwell. And the agenda was fun. I think that's the main point around that self care Saturday, where sometimes we take things too seriously, Nick. Sometimes we take our training too seriously, and we, we take ourselves too seriously. And we gotta remember that we gotta have some fun sometimes.
1: Yeah, I love the way that she was also combining social with uh, physical activity, because that's a really good one, really good hack for anyone who's trying to lift their game a bit when it comes to socializing and maybe not indulging in all sorts of things. It's really good to take it into a social realm where you can go for a little walk and have a coffee. That's a really good way to do it. So well done. That's good.
0: That's massive. And if you were to reflect on your um, social events, and I'm talking to you, you, dear listener, if you were to reflect on your social events, um, before you joined the challenge, maybe you were one to go out for some beers with your mates to catch up, um, or to go out to brunch and have a meal to, to catch up, you know, maybe, um, activities where it was putting you in positions where you ate more food or did less physical activity or, you know, drank alcohol, these types of things. If you shift those social activities to like what you said, Nick, and like what Red telling us, Hey, I'm going for a walk around the lake, or, you know, let's go and do this hike or, you know, let's go catch up and do something physical. That's a really massive change, a significant change. Um, you might find you get new friends. You may find that you lose some friends and, and, and change know who you hang out with um but once you turn those uh behaviors into more physical things it's a massive breakthrough so that's awesome michelle Mm, awesome next final one here goes out to peter peter stringer peter writes she posts a photo and she's like the reality of facial expressions when you work hard and she um posted a, a little bit of a transformation photo and um, she had some uh, interesting facial expressions. But she goes, workouts ha- are definitely not glamorous, but in saying that two and a half years ago, these tracksuit pants couldn't even get past my thighs. Now they are my go-to comfort trackies. Whew. So Peter sounds similar to Sarah's jeans, um, but you know previously they were the trackies you can fit into. Now they're her comfy trackies um, and that's awesome. So big congratulations to Peter.
1: Well done. Well done, Peter. That's really good. Um, amazing. And I love the way that you just you just keep showing up and keep getting better and better.
0: Nick, let's move on to our final segment here. We have the Q&A section, question and answer segment. So first question comes from Sherry and Sherry writes, Hi, coaches. If I just could not physically fit in completing my training and my steps, Which would be my best option to get done, training or steps? Thank you, Sherry. Nick, what advice would you give to Sherry?
1: All right. There are so many different ways that we could take this. So I'm going to go down one path and then you can go down another path, Coach Steve. I'll just go down my first path, which is um, I really want you to think about how you can move more in the day, Sherry. It doesn't really, you don't have to think of it as steps, but how can you move more in the day? How can you break those steps up and um, just move more in general? Because I'm guessing that your goal is weight loss. If it isn't, then I've got a completely different set of advices for you. But if your goal is weight loss, you really need to be moving. You need to be expending some energy there. Training isn't really going to be doing that. It is going to be preserving muscle mass when you're in an energy deficit which um, is fantastic as well. So, I mean, if you cannot fit both in, maybe you can alternate days. That's the other thing because we really do want to preserve that muscle mass. We want to, we are a challenge where we we lift weights. We're not a, we're not, we're not really a challenge where we say, all right, forego all of that, but movement is key to if you're just wanting to lose weight, body fat, you really need to move. You need to walk. It is very hard for me to say that you need to prioritize your movement. over weights. I would like really for you to think of a way that you can fit both in. I know that that's probably not the, the solution that you want from me, but moving forward in life, how can you do both? Can you break the steps up? Is it a little bit too much to think about doing them all at once? Maybe you don't have time to go for a walk, but... You might be able to do a 1,000 steps around the house when you wake up. You might be able to then train and do another 1,000 steps just around the gym training. Uh, so I would say, really, I'd like you to think about how to restructure your life so you can get two hours in a day, so an hour of training and an hour of movement. But if you want to lose body fat, if you want to lose weight, I think your movement is key and make sure that that diet is switched on. Make sure that you are actually eating what's, what's required you to lose body fat because the training itself isn't going to be doing that so you're not going to be quote-unquote burning off calories by training but i don't want to say don't train and i also think what you could do is do a weekly average of your steps so perhaps one day you could do a massive walk but look i actually am. as i get older look i like to think that everyone can move every day I want you to think about moving every day. Don't think about it as a big walk. Just think about moving every day. I think that it'll change your life.
0: Yeah, I I want to add on to your point, Nick, and then I want to uh, touch on just the other side of the conversation because, um, you know, when we talk about steps count, it should be something that we do through activities of daily living, like you said, Nick. It's not it's not something that we need to. Uh, Manually go and do. It's not like I'm saying, all right, Steve, you need to go do 10,000 steps. Let's turn on the pedometer, go for a walk, and you do 10,000 steps while you go for the walk around the block or on a treadmill or whatever it is. Your step count is the steps you do when you wake up, walk out of bed, you know, you walk to the bathroom, you walk into the kitchen, you you walk and get ready for work, you walk to your car, you drive to work, you walk into the office or wherever you're working and you walk around. It's all the steps that you do throughout the day. It's not a like a a conscious activity that oh, I'm going to get my steps now. It's you have done your steps for the day, okay? Now, we give a very loose target of 10,000 steps mainly for health reasons because we know that every 1,000 steps you do up until about 10,000 steps. Every every extra extra 1,000 steps you do lead to better health outcomes. So for your health, you want to be doing, you know, around that 10,000 steps per day and that's for your cardiovascular health, your mental health, you know, your your general well-being, we want to be physically active. Now, if you can't get 10,000 steps, that's also okay. So if you get maybe 5,000 steps a day because you work from home and you're not really um, being that physically active around the the house, you know, you might have some help to get the chores done and all the things. All right. Your target might be 5,000 steps per day. Um, but within the challenge, if your goal is weight loss, we are trying to make an energy deficit and we make that energy deficit through our physical activity, like our step count. So you may find that you need to consume less food to, um, achieve your goal by doing fewer steps. Okay. Um, now, I want to touch on the other point that Sherry writes here, where she goes, if I could not physically fit it in, right, and I'm being really pedantic about the language, could not physically fit it in, Nick, you spoke about time, I want to talk about the other side of it, being physically fit it in, maybe she's too tired, okay? so. Okay she can't physically get both in a training session and all her steps in. And I'm just sticking to the word and maybe it's not what Sherry means. Maybe Sherry's more talking about the time wise, she's struggling time. But let's say she can't physically fit it in that. It's just too taxing on her body to do all of it. What are we going to do? We're going to get our steps in or our training. Okay. I would say that we want to be able to build capacity. So we able to do more, right? And we need to build capacity by adding a layer of stress through a stimulus. Um, Not too much stress that it leads to really fatiguing states, but enough stress that we grow and we adapt, you know, because just like how diamonds are made under a bit of pressure, we need to add a little bit of pressure. So if we are, you know, really struggling physically to get there, that's okay. But too much is too much and too little is too little. We need to be like Goldilocks and find what's just right. So I would say that we do need to prioritize resistance training. And I would recommend Sherry to reduce your step goal target. So instead of 10,000 steps, maybe 8,000 steps is your target. Get your training session in when you, when you have it programmed in your week. If you can't train that particular day for whatever reason, maybe you're too tired, too time poor. Uh, there's always ways that you can do your training session on different days. And we can also view our step goal, like you said, Nick, on a weekly average, that might be more appropriate to look at as well. So tough question, I would say from Sherry that needs a bit of context, you know, like if there's more to it, it can't be a one or the other. It's like saying, you know, what is better to have, you know, carbs or protein? It's like, well, uh, it's not in isolation. You definitely need both and you might need to scale one or the other. So it's not black and white. It's a little bit of like a a rainbow, Nick, of, of a, yeah. a, a gradient, if you would. Of, yeah, of an, and
1: like, also I'd love for Sherry to think long-term with this. How is she going to age? How is she going to want to be when she gets older? You know, you want to be someone who can do those steps. Who can? I know that you might be time poor, but I would like you to find a way to walk around just a little bit, move a little bit more, be a bit more Italian in your expression, something, just, you know, think long-term.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if we were to, to spitball a few ways, you get more steps in without physically going for a walk, you know, you could park further away from your destination. You could take the stairs instead of the elevator or the escalator. Um, if you are sitting down for long periods of time, you can set a timer on your maybe phone or device for every 10 or 15 minutes to stand up and, you know, go just walk around the office, or if you work from home to just walk into the kitchen and come back. If you are sitting down for long periods of time maybe you drink lots of water so you physically have to get up and go to the toilet that's a way you can do it um, or if you're working at an office space like a desk you know you can remove things from your desk so you physically have to go somewhere to do it uh, for example um, like a rubbish bin instead of having a rubbish bin at your desk put the rubbish bin in like a communal area so you have to physically stand up and go to the rubbish bin or go to use the stapler or go to use the you know guillotine scissors whatever it is like you physically have to go to those places um if you're having meetings try to do walking meetings or stand up like there's lots of strategies you can try to get more steps in throughout the day without physically needing to you know put your runners on and go walk outside and go get steps in
1: mm.
0: you the, the, there's ways that we can do it and it's all a logistical thing what works for for you and your environment
1: mm. yep
0: Nick, uh, next question here comes from Christy. Christy writes It's just occurred to me that the Maxine's cookies and bars are 40 grams. I have a few a day and I had assumed they were 25 to 30 grams as per what was on my plan. Uh, Just a heads up for others who are presuming the same, if you're working on a tight calorie budget at the moment and taking SUPs, just adjust the quantity in your tracking or only at two thirds of a cookie as if they are so yummy. All right, Christy, I just want to talk briefly about maybe the algorithm on the plan. Now, uh, the supplement section of your plan on the base plan will show the uh, full bar or cookie, a full 40 grams. And that's a default and it's a static number that doesn't scale. Now, if you were to swap a serving of protein, and it sounds like you did, where it says that you've had a few a day. Um, So maybe you uh, swapped other servings in your snacks for a serving of uh, uh, a bird bar or a cookie or another protein at lunch for a bar or a cookie, something similar, the algorithm in the app will scale that protein to meet the similar calories per serve. OK, so if you had a serving of, uh, let's say, chicken and it was uh, 80 grams of chicken, um, that 80 grams could be, you know, maybe 100 calories. And if you were to swap that for a burn bar, the app will, within the algorithm, swap the the chicken for the burn bar, but make the burn bar 100 calories. So it will reduce the grams down um, to meet that 100 Calories worth, even though a burn bar is, I think it's 123 calories off the top of my head. So we'll scale it down slightly. Um, and I think at the end of the day, um, one, you know, our, our algorithm is like Lego pieces. You know, serving a serving of protein is going to be consistent if you swap it with different things. Number two, you can click that serving of Maxine burn bar and, uh, you know, scale up the grams to meet the whole serve. Um, and that's the same with, with almost any food you add into the plan. So let's say a a piece of bread, the algorithm might swap your serving of energy from let's say 20 grams of rice to 20 grams of bread, but you weigh the slice of bread and it's 30 grams. You're not gonna cut the slice of bread into two thirds and only have two thirds of the slice of bread. You're probably just gonna have the whole slice of bread because because it's there, right? You can click that food item and then scale the grams accordingly. And you might find that your total daily caloric intake only adjusts by 10 grand, 10 calories, 20 calories. And the target that we suggest for our calorie goal is, you know, within 10% is, is totally fine, right? The closer you get, yeah, the better, sure. Um, but there are just so many variables when we're talking about nutrition, you know, firstly, when you say that, oh, I'm consuming X amount of calories, I don't know, 1,200, 1,400, 600 calories. If you think that you're having that many calories, what your body actually absorbs and uses might be a completely different number, right? The way that you may have measured out your food and consuming that food might be drastically different. Um, and even down to some fruits and vegetables, depending on how ripe they are, how you prepare them, how you eat them can change the energy content in that food. So we can never be super confident and, and accurate with our energy intake or energy absorption, and then even energy expenditure. So it's a little bit of a, a game of you know, squinting our eyes and turning our head and making it kind of work. And this is why um, you know, repeating meals consistently is so valuable, Nick. When we have the same menu consistently and we, ha- we meal prep the same foods consistently, um, repeat the same meals consistently, then we know that we are consistently slightly inaccurate. Meaning that if you think that this meal is 300 calories, but really it's 350 calories, but you repeat that over and over again, um then you know that hey i'm having these collection of meals rather than this number of calories it's the same way of viewing energy right we're having this collection of meals and then if you needed to lose weight or reduce your energy intake just reduce the portion portion slices, sizes slightly um and then you know you're saying okay this collection of meals minus 10 percent is what i'm consuming or i can view it as a calorie intake number um so I, I digress. I've gone a little bit off the track here, but Christy, it sounds like, you know, you've found a bit of a routine where you're having maybe a whole burn bar or burn cookie repeatedly, which might be slightly off the plan, but it's okay because you're repeatedly doing that and you can test the effects that has on your body transformation over time. And if you're not losing weight, okay, we need to find ways just to reduce the total food intake view it as grams of food that you're eating view it as meals of food you're eating or view it as total calories you're consuming that's totally fine um and you know if you are losing weight and heading towards the right direction great just keep doing what you're doing um and 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 get the working is what i'd say
1: and i'll just also give a bit of a plug and a bit of love to our app the app does the work for you it's like people um yeah, they still kind of don't understand. Well, I mean, that's probably not the way to put it, but um, you know, don't don't really connect with the fact that the app actually gives you the exact sizes. Uh, it scales everything. Now my fitness pal doesn't do that, doesn't scale it all for you. So um, you know, really this is an awesome app.
0: Yeah. Look uh that's cool. Like <laughs> a lot of work has gone into the app to mm. add those algorithms and scaling features. Um, and yeah, we didn't want to create something like MyFitnessPal because MyFitnessPal already exists. You know, yeah. we're not going to create an app. That's just a, a copy of MyFitnessPal. Right. Um, so yeah. this And is it's where-
1: also funny. Uh, look, it's just great to know just what you are eating. You know, sometimes, yes, you can't have a whole bar and you go, wait a minute, but I should be able to, but no, Yep. that's that's my contribution
0: that's, yeah no i i i like that and you're mm. right like if you want to have an entire um slice of pita bread you know which can be high in calories because they're quite large you know big piece of pita bread mm. um but the app might be saying hey you know you're only allowed 15 grams of the pita bread and you want to have the whole thing and you choose to have the whole thing and then you are now consuming you know 100 or 200 more calories because you chose that the whole thing. Well. Okay. That might be part of the, the, the limitation I would say with your strategy. Um, That's, you know, just shortly what, what I was saying, you know, if you want to consistently have that pita bread, okay. All right. But um, you might find that uh, that meal is uh, not consistent with the size of meals that you're having um, throughout throughout your, your entire food intake. um, And, you know, you might be consuming more food without knowing it. So, um,
1: yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Nick, next question here comes from Michelle. And she writes, Dear Coach Steve and Nick, I had a baby six months ago. This is a bit of a paraphrasing, it's a little bit of a longer question. I had a baby six months ago. I was 69 kilos with six kilos to lose to get back to pre-baby weight. That's an interesting idea. You know, I, I need to lose six kilos to get back to pre-baby weight. And remember, hey, you've just had a baby. Um, you know, you pre-baby weight might not be a thing anymore, but we we digress. So that was my goal in this challenge, I'm currently 65 kilos she wants to lose six kilos she's lost four kilos Nick and I feel like I have picked the low hanging fruit. But i'm really struggling to get the number down, I really want to push through and lose the last two kilos Maybe my math was off a little bit there Anyway, I don't know I was right. Um, the more I work out at the gym, the more my weight seems to plateau again interesting line I can't I don't know how you can plateau more. But anyway, um, I'm on about 1200 calories, which is as low as I can go as I'm starting to struggle with fatigue. Do you have any last minute tips for me? Nick, a bit to unpack with Michelle, but what advice would you give her?
1: All right. So um, yeah, first up, let's just say, you know, you've actually done, I don't know all your stats, but you've done quite well to lose, it says four, like approximately four kilos in in, let's just say ten weeks or so I mean that's that's um I'm sure quite reasonable anyway, considering also that you just had a baby six months ago. I like to say to anyone that's had a baby um you know at least the amount of time that the baby was in your body uh is how long it's gonna take for it to your body to go to feel even to resemble normal um the way that you move and everything uh feels different as as you come back together, so uh. All the pre-baby expectations need to really go out the window for a little while. We see too much on Instagram about, um, you know, people getting straight back to their quote-unquote pre-baby shape and things. Don't forget that that's all filtered. Um, It's, you know, heavily people put up what they want to put up. Uh, There's a lot of pressure in the media to be a certain way. And I'll just say that there's so many different moving parts in, in a, a mum's body it dep- it's also going to depend if you've been breastfeeding because um for some women breastfeeding actually makes you retain Body weight. You know, people say, Oh, I lost a lot of weight breastfeeding. Um, for me, no. I I kept all I kept weight on, as much weight. I didn't have heaps, but I I kept it on until I stopped breastfeeding. And then it it came off a little bit too because my body wanted to have those reserves there. So um there, your your body is has just created a whole human life. So I'll just say that. Like that's really good. Don't be so hard on yourself. Now, low-hanging fruit, I'm assuming you're saying that you're because sleep is low-hanging fruit. But I would say that there's a big probably disconnect there because I'd say that you are not probably getting much sleep with a six-month-old baby. And Steve will attest to that. You can you can say that, that that's, that's pretty yeah. true. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the low-hanging fruit is sleep and it's stress. And I'd say that all of those things, it's impossible and not expected for you to be nailing those. So also your appetite might go up because you're a little bit hungry because you're fatigued. Also, I'm not sure if it's the calorie fatigue or if it's the fatigue of just having a 6 month old um i it, it like everybody would say oh those calories well not everybody but it, you know once again instagram or people on facebook might say they're low but when you are dieting when you're in the last phase of something It is common to feel fatigue. So let's just assume that you haven't even had a baby. Okay, fatigue is normal. Feeling hungry is normal. Feeling like you don't want to rock up to your sessions is normal when you are in the last phase of something and if you are trying to push quite hard. So that's all very normal. So last minute tips for you is uh, keep going. But the thing is, because you're a new mum, and because you've already lost that four kilos, um, And yeah, you want to lose that last two. I I think that you just also perhaps need to maybe have just a couple of days where you give yourself a bit of a break. Um, I'm not talking about going crazy with the food or anything like that, but just maybe um, let yourself just have a chill pill for a sec. Now, that's not a very coachy thing to say, but that's what I would say. If you were my client, I'd say, let's just have a little bit of a break for a sec, um, rest up. You know, spend some time just maybe going on some little walks, that, and then just re-enter again. I, I just, I can't really, I don't really want to tell you to do anything more, and I don't really want to tell you to take away your routine either because it could mean the world to you. So, um, I would just say keep going at the moment, and then once you get to the end of the challenge, I would say go back to your maintenance calories. Because I don't know what you're doing. I don't know where your maintenance calories are, but I'll just be getting you straight back up to maintenance as soon as possible. So in two weeks.
0: Yeah, I don't have much uh, more to to offer for Michelle. Um, I think the question kind of misses out on a little bit of context, such as, you know, like, what is what is maintenance you know what uh you know how are you tracking your body weight um how are you um doing all the other things in life like like sleeping and stress and you know we've got a baby there that's that's all it's all tough things right so missing a little bit of context if if i was to really point at maybe the challenge that she's facing she's struggling with fatigue um fatigue again is a big uh area of um hey are you fatigued because you're trying to keep a little human alive, right? Um, you know, my experience with fatigue with a, with a five month old is, you know, sleep is, is, is challenging and, you know, constantly needing to look after to him is, is, is challenging. So yeah. is that the fatigue component of it? Um, or are you fatigued because you're not eating as much as you used to, or are you fatigued because you're training a lot so Lots of reasons why this fatigue might be there? Um, you know, I would say 1200 calories might be low especially for someone who is you know about 65 kilograms um so you may want to look for ways to increase your step count and if you've got baby might be a really great way to uh you know get that pram out and go for a walk outside if weather is is good um or carry baby in a in a harness um there's always really great ways to get more steps in throughout the day
1: yeah don't be too hard on yourself though sounds like you're doing a really good job and um yeah that's that's the best you can do at this time
0: Nick, final question here comes from Sherry. So second question from Sherry. Awesome to see Sherry's asking lots of questions. Uh, she writes, hi coaches, I have a couple of questions. Is it true that you should not eat less or not eat fewer calories than what your BMR is? I've gone from 43.9 kilograms to 43.6 kilograms of muscle. Is this because I'm not eating enough or is this normal? Thank you in advance. Okay, all right, let's um answer this question specifically this question without um, referencing uh, Sherry's previous question about walking or or steps. Um, First part, is it true that you should not eat fewer calories than your BMR, your basal metabolic rate? Now, first as definition, basal metabolic rate refers to the energy we expend to simply stay alive. So the energy our body expends um, to, you know, grow hair, to get our heart pumping, to make our brain work, make our um, digestive system work, immune system work, all the things work. It's how much energy we need just to live. So if you were bedridden, like stuck in a bed, it's the amount of calories you need just to just to function. Okay. Um, now you can survive by eating less than your BMR, and we see examples of that in people who starve or people who fast, you know, if you don't eat on a day, for whatever reason, you know, maybe extreme survival mode, you're lost in the the jungle, um, or you're choosing to fast at home, whatever it is, um, you know, you could consume fewer than your basal metabolic rate calories and still survive. Now, what happens is that your body will find other sources of energy ...one, we'll find other sources of energy, either stored body fat or metabolizing muscle um, or using stored uh, glycogen in, in muscle, so actual sugar stored in your muscle, so we utilize some of those that, that energy throughout the day to, to meet our basal metabolic rate. Or our body's really cool where it will actually start to reduce your basal metabolic rate so that you can survive, There's a survival mechanism, okay? And that's where you might find people who are, um, you know, uh, hospitalized, maybe they're in they're in bed, they can't, can't move, they have a really low heart rate, they have a really low breathing rates, um, they're not as mentally active, so their body is slowly trying to conserve energy. Think of it like they're going into hibernation mode, okay? So this is all survival mechanisms. So if we think about this type of idea, you know, if we consume fewer calories than our basal metabolic rates, our body's gonna either start to chew into glycogen stores in muscle, which is just a temporary change. It can start metabolizing muscle, which we probably don't want. And that might be part two of Sherry's question. And then number three is we might metabolize body fat. Awesome, great, cool. Okay, these are interesting ideas. Um, And then part four, if we are consuming fewer than our basal metabolic rate, our body will adapt and adjust by reducing our basal metabolic rate ever so slowly and slightly. We can theorize that hey it's probably not a good idea to be consuming fewer calories than your bmr now this is where it gets tricky because it's hard to accurately measure your bmr on a day-to-day basis you know how are you measuring this is it simply from a static formula you found online does that translate well into you so let's say me myself coach steve right now doing this podcast i might be consuming you know x amount of calories but if i was hospitalized in the bed i would probably be consuming far fewer calories in my in terms of my BM, bmr because my body would adapt and change so if i was using a static equation it's hard to predict that number okay so we're pointing out some problems with bmr okay but in general we don't want to be consuming around that number uh, and we should be doing some sort of physical activity where we need to consume calories so that we are still in energy deficit even though we're physically active now part two Sherry writes, I've gone from 43.9 to 43.6 kilograms of muscle mass. Is this is because I'm not eating enough. Okay. And then the second part is this normal? Now, um, this is actually a bit of a, a longer answer. So I'm going to try to condense it and shorten it and not go down rabbit holes too much. Now, first question and first problem is how we actually measuring muscle mass. If we are using scans that use like bipedal analysis, uh, where we are using like a a um, two-dimension or four-dimension model to scan it, um, the way it it essentially works is it would uh, compartmentalize the body into two compartments fat mass and fat free mass, and then try to make a calculation on that fat free mass is what is actually muscle and what is other stuff. Now, the number that we end up getting for muscle mass includes a range of stuff from the glycogen stores in our muscles, how hydrated we are, and even gut residue. So that number 43.9 to 43.6. So 300 grams of muscle, which Uh, you know, trying to do some really, really quick math might be, you know, less than uh, 1%, less than, um, you know, a a small fraction is what I'm trying to say, maybe like half a percent change in muscle mass might simply be a statistical error, okay, simply due to hydration or um, gut residue, and uh, if you are consuming less than your BMR, you might be expending your muscle glycogen stores, which might be the change as well, thrown in there as well. Now, Is it normal to lose some muscle mass? Unfortunately, it is actually uh, normal to lose a little bit of muscle mass when you're dieting. Okay, So unless you are using some supplements other than creatine, uh, so the, the, the fun stuff that you get to inject, um, you're probably gonna lose some muscle mass while you're in a dieting phase, which is why we want to prioritize resistance training so that we can maintain as much as we can. Because if you don't resistance train, you get to accelerate your muscle loss rates, which we don't want, But if you resistance train, it it preserves muscle um, as as the best that we, we can while we are in an energy deficit. So unfortunately, muscle mass is somewhat normal in a small uh, muscle loss is somewhat normal when we're dieting. Um, and the goal is to try to preserve it as best we can. And that is through resistance training um, or making sure that we don't have a massive energy deficit and we're having um, you know slightly longer weight loss um, rates, uh, sorry, slightly longer rate loss durations, you know, maybe that's six to 12 weeks rather than like two weeks rapid um, weight loss kind of stuff. Uh, but that is a bit of an answer for, for Sherry there.
1: Yeah. It's only 300 grams. So, you know, it's all, all good. Don't overthink it.
0: That's right. And 300 grams, uh, again, I think we need to think of it in context to the total muscle mass that's predicted, you know, 43.9 kilograms of muscle. If we are thinking about someone else who might have, you know, 80 kilograms of muscle, 300 grams is even a smaller change. And that could be literally... If the person had carbs before their meal or not could be the change in that that reading um so in most cases measuring muscle mass is super difficult and uh just adds noise to the whole thing nick you know adds just extra numbers that aren't necessarily important um because it's too difficult to measure and it doesn't actually give anything meaningful right like okay muscle mass um you know is that how you're trying to measure muscle growth uh, that's it it's difficult to put those two numbers together because of how it changes so much the variables that go into that that measuring that number. Um, and that's not saying that that's foolish to measure muscle mass if your goal is to gain muscle mass, right It's more about how we're measuring that is that we're measuring hydration, gut residue, uh, glycogen levels, inflammation, blood in the muscle, right? It's, it's, it's difficult to measure that. And then it throws in all the other things that are not fat. So the non fat free mass stuff that includes organ size includes bone mineral density that includes just, you know, changes in skin changes in hair, these are all fat free numbers, which gets thrown into the mix. And it's a very difficult uh, equation to to measure.
1: It's interesting. Yes, mm. but Nick,
0: Let's wrap it up there for episode number 108 of the Challenge Weekly Show. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know and we'll catch you next week for episode number 109. Perfect. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend.
1: Or leave us a review on iTunes. to spread the good word. See you next time.